0: Heard weekdays from noon to one.
1: And you might be seeing your grandkids or even your children playing it. But what is. Pokemon Go. Millions of people are playing this game in the form of a smartphone app on their cell phones or other handheld devices. We're going to speak with former privacy commissioner Ann Kavukian about any cybersecurity issues around Pokemon Go, but let's first get an informative and fun look at this craze which is sweeping the nation and the world. Fight Back's own technical producer and our resident Pokemon Go correspondent Justin Ecock joins me now. Justin, please if you could because I don't think Zoomers are playing the game the way you millennials are. What is Pokemon Go?
2: Pokemon Go is a free game, and it's a scavenger hunt. Uh, you, when you open up the game for the first time you're going to find yourself on the screen of the phone standing in a map and the map is from Google Maps it's the real world all around you and in the game you're encouraged to walk around and as you walk around Pokemon are going to pop up on that map around you and uh, and they're little creatures from this Nintendo video game and from the cartoons that surround it and uh, the goal of the game is to just capture as many as you can and uh, you've got to get them all and as you collect Pokemon, you can level them up and uh, eventually take over the Pokemon gyms, which are seen on this map. They look like tall, large structures. Uh, but most of the game is a, as someone called it it's a fairy hunt it's a global fairy hunt there's these invisible creatures that you can only see through your phone, and as you find them, they'll show up on the screen and, uh, and, and you throw pokeballs at them and capture them into that and, and then they join your team and, and you have them uh, you know you can name them and it's good time. It's just it's 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 a fun little summer craze to go out into the park and everyone's got their phones out. They're all playing this game and you have to work together to take out these gyms and you can uh, share stories and you, and if one pokemon shows up in a park and it's a rare one, it shows up for everybody. that's so, what I
1: wanted to ask you. Yeah. Does does my app Show the same little characters as your app does down the street.
2: Yeah. So if I see uh, a Pikachu show up on my screen, um, I won't be stealing that Pikachu from other players. That spawn point is available for all players. So if they all go to that same corner, they'll all get a Pikachu showing up on their screen as well. So if I'm walking through the park and I come across a rare Pokemon and I see someone else with their phone out and I can tell that they're playing the game as well, I'll be like, hey, just down the road around that tree, uh, I saw a Pikachu. And if you're looking for one, that would be the best place to go over to.
1: So how many of these little characters would be showing up at any given time around the world? So Uh-oh. say I'm in Beijing or say I'm in Rome. I I can also play the game. I'm also seeing them on the streets yep. of Rome, Florence, London, Paris. Yeah,
2: uh, they they uh the the map comes from Google Maps. So it's uh, everywhere except South Korea because they're still in a state of war. So they don't have access to Google Maps. Uh funny uh, little bit of trivia. Um but the map works almost everywhere in the world except for a few places like South Korea and uh and yeah, if I go to Rome, like my friends are currently in Rome and they caught a Zubat in the Roman Colosseum. And, uh, and, and uh, they're on their honeymoon and they're playing Pokemon Go But there's in Rome. no
1: way to tell how many of them are, there no. are at any given time.
2: No, because they'll just show up on my phone and, and, and in that case it's a little, it's randomly generated. Uh, but the locations of the Pokemon are universal for every player. So if I find a Squirtle up at Downsview Station, everyone can go to Downsview Station and get a Squirtle. and uh, And that's shared among all the players. And so... Uh, eventually people have started mapping out where the Pokemon are and sharing them online. If you go to Reddit or you're on Facebook, you can see a map of where people have captured rare Pokemon. So if you're if you know to look for Charmander, actually go down to Echo Beach down by the Ontario place and there's uh there's there's Charmander's but there. But just
1: because he was there yesterday, does that mean he'll be there today? I think so. Oh, okay. Uh, I,
2: I do think so. I don't know how often it refreshes. I mean the game came out on Sunday. Right. So there's a lot of secrets about the game that Players are being encouraged to find out. And there's that mystery as well where we don't really know everything. No one has reached the maximum level in the game yet. No one has captured every Pokemon yet. So there's still anywhere in the world. So there's still a lot to learn. And that's a lot of the fun, especially with younger players, because nobody knows. So we all get to learn together and share the rules and strategies. And it's made it to be a a, a surprisingly social (laughs) adventure.
1: Have you had any experience with this Pokemon Go or maybe your children, your grandchildren are involved and, and you've got some insights about it or some thoughts? you want to share, 416-360-0740 or one eight 740 We're speaking with our technical producer, Justin Ecock, who's also our Pokemon Go correspondent here at Zoomer Radio. What's... We, what has been really good about this application? And I'm thinking there has to be a lot of good about being outside as yeah. opposed to being in front of a television on a couch.
2: My absolute favorite stories have been from my friends who have gone out and exercised more than they ever have. To, because it keeps track of the kilometers you've walked in the game. You have to hatch eggs by walking two, five or ten kilometers. And, uh, and, and my one friend, he just got his 100-kilometer badge. He's only been playing the game for a week. He's walked 100 kilometers. Oh, that's fantastic. Right? So, so people are out there. They are they're getting exercise. They're being outside. They're meeting other people. They're working together. And what that also has done is, I have two friends. Uh, one who is very public about her battles with agoraphobia, and another who's been very public about her battles with anxiety. Both of them just recently posted uh, uh, on on Facebook about. Going outside and talking to people, actually talking to people and, and walking around and going to concerts and going to the park, things that they don't normally do because their anxiety uh, uh, overcomes them. And even when my friend's outside, she can now just look at the game and focus on it and the anxiety passes and she goes back up to playing the game some more. And, and I don't think that that was intended when this game was made, but it's been a really nice side effect is lots and lots of stories online of people who uh, battle depression and anxiety and agoraphobia.
1: Even breast cancer had a story in the news this morning about a 60-year-old woman who says this is helping her get out and do the walking that her oncologist wants her to do while she's going through her
2: treatment and feeling fatigued. My friend up in uh, in Newmarket has talked about she's never seen so many young boys out walking dogs. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're all out and, and, and they're walking Walking dogs, and they're outside, you know, right up to sunset, uh, running up and down the streets, chasing Pokemon, and it's everywhere. Um, Everywhere everywhere you go.
1: What about the safety aspect? I mean, we've even had the premier comment that she's concerned that people are looking down at their phones
2: and and might not be paying attention when they're pedestrians on the sidewalks. So my friend, Mark, uh, runs a number of conventions uh, throughout the summer, and he started up a community called the Order of the Jenny. In the Pokemon cartoons, uh, Jennies are the police officers. They're all the same character. They're all named Jenny. So people have started wearing little badges, and they've worked like Community Watch. So they hang around... You know, popular Pokemon gyms and Pokestops to kind of help keep the area safe and and help out other players. Make sure no one's getting harassed and uh, kids are having a good time and a safe time. Paths are clear. No one's walking off a cliff. Uh, that kind of thing. And it's and and people have started really becoming more aware of the safety side. You know, don't be looking at the game while you're crossing the street. Right um, and. Uh, you know, there's there's a learning curve because this is brand new and a lot of people are really excited about it. I'm not as worried about the safety aspect because what I've seen is stuff like the Order of the Jenny where people are actually coming together and trying to make the game even safer than uh, would otherwise be the case. And
1: so far we're not hearing about any incidents of people crossing the road and, and looking at their Pokemon app and not paying attention to the traffic. I've we- only
2: heard anecdotal stories of people who are driving around and being like, all these kids looking at their phone, they're not paying attention. But... I mean, I see people looking at their phone, checking Twitter, and I've always seen people looking at their phone. People are just more excited now. And now you look at the phone going, are they checking Twitter or are (laughs) they playing Pokemon? And then you see them look up and they're jumping around. Oh, they're playing Pokemon. Now, is this a craze or is it here to stay, in your opinion? Time will tell. I mean, Pokemon's been around for 20 years. So... Pokemon's not going away any, anytime soon. Uh, what will be interesting are the updates that the game is going to come out. A lot of people have been going into the code of the game and finding out what is in there that hasn't been released yet. Uh, Niantic, the creators of Pokemon Go, have another game called Ingress. And they're famous in Ingress for having city-wide global events where you go to New York and Berlin and Mumbai all on the same weekend and those cities compete against each other to generate the most amount of points. Um, Um, I would expect something similar is going to happen in Pokemon Go soon. They're still rolling the game out. It's not even out in Japan yet. Uh, They're still figuring out some of the bugs and making sure the game runs smoothly. But once that's done, the updates are going to happen. The events are going to happen. And then probably on on long weekends and in the holidays and through the winter uh that's when the game's going to be interesting because the summer craze part will end but then it'll be head to times square because there's a Mewtwo and everyone's got to work together to try and you know stop team rocket from taking over all the gyms of the world and 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 then a, it'll be a storyline and it'll be It'll be interesting to see what they do because it's really up to them now. It's their game to lose. This 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 game is bigger than anything I can remember ever well, being released. It,
1: it has certainly shaken up the video game industry. There is no doubt about it. Justin, thank you for the Cole's notes version. We all feel like we understand it a little bit more. Well, I am glad I could help. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Are there cyber security concerns around Pokemon Go? We'll talk about that next. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty one eight six six seven forty four seven forty for the first time, fight back is talking about the latest video game craze, Pokemon Go, and who better to talk about concerns around cybersecurity with the craze than former Ontario Privacy Commissioner Ann Kavukian? Doctor Kavukian, uh, do you get this whole thing? It is
3: amazing. It is just. Um, its popularity can't be disputed. I mean, it has just spread wildly. But what people aren't thinking about are the potential privacy, security, and actually physical safety concerns associated with this, especially for kids. Um, I know that sounds strange, but the, the distracted players have gotten into accidents. They've broken bones. Two even walked off a cliff, believe it or not. I mean, it's just it's astounding. And and one other thing I'd love to just bring to the attention of, of your audience, um, Audience, there's this thing called lures. Uh, You can lure people to a particular site. People who are playing Pokemon Go, and as you might imagine, the um, less than desirable elements of society might use this to attract people to a particular place and then rob them, which is exactly what happened in Missouri two weeks ago. And worse, you can imagine uh, young young girls, young women uh, being. Attracted to a particular site, and uh, certain activities taking place that obviously um, are not desirable, so you just have to exercise so much caution
1: now, how would this be happening? Is it not the game? Is it not the programmers that are setting up these luring sites to get people to go play Pokemon in particular locations?
3: No, apparently the lures themselves can be t- can can be um, affected by people who are just playing the game. So you and I, we're we're playing the game, we can go and we can put in a lure to attract people to a particular site. Don't ask me why you'd want to go to that site or how it works, but I just know that individuals can place these lures. And you can imagine the problems associated with that, unsuspecting, distracted players going to a particular site that they're lured to, and, you know, acts of robbery or violence or other activities taking place against them.
1: So what's your recommendation then in, 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 for our Zoomer parents with children, with young adults who are playing this game? Should, <sighs> When you see a lure, does that mean you need to go check with somebody or you need to get to somebody to go with you?
3: Y- you know, what I would do is I would, if I had young children, I would tell them to avoid the lures. Okay. You don't need to go to a lure. Um, th- that's done by individuals who are playing the game. There are other, you know, you can play the game in another way, in, the, in that normal way. The other thing is make sure you use the official Pokemon Go site, the app. Um, that just came into place in Canada. I think it was this week or last week. Right. In the past... So they, there have been these, these, and it probably exists now still, there are fake uh, Pokemon Go apps, and they're malicious. They're, they're really, really bad news. Um, if you happen to click on a fake uh, app, Uh, what happens is it deliberately locks the screen right after you started the app and it forces you as the user to restart the device. And then after you do that, after you reboot, it runs in the background, unbeknownst to you, hidden from you. And at times, they they click on to porn ads online. And you're the unsuspecting person here. So what I was reading about this is that the bad guys are really aware of Pokemon Go's popularity. And they're going to great lengths to infect Pokemon-hungry victims with malicious fake apps. So be, buyer beware. Right. No. Beware.
1: And it is good to know, um, as a consumer, what you're buying, what's legit, what's not legit. Bonnie in Toronto, I understand you love Pokemon Go. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, um, I'm actually a big fan of Ms. Kavukian. No, I I just listening to her, I I'm recalling how I'm so impressed by the work that she does and getting the word out there about oh. these kinds of risks. You're so kind. Um and uh, you know, I've read a lot of her, her uh her work and um feel that it's very, very important to listen to the things she's saying, which is a revelation to me. <laughs> um, the good side that I see is that there are whole families out there playing in our neighborhood. Um, um, which I think is great. Um, the adults with the kids, and people on their phones, and they're not isolating themselves with their phones. They're talking while they're using their phones, which is uh, a new a new way that I see people um, engaging with their cell phones and with others. So it's really fun. People running around talking and laughing and using the parks, because from what I understand, parks in Toronto are are un- underused. So Now we have lots of people going out and using these green spaces and enjoying themselves and it's just wonderful to see
1: and Bonnie, you're playing it yourself. no, I'm not
3: oh you just you love <laughs> I have the... a really
4: old cell phone okay, but I'll you <laughs> you love the concept,
3: yeah, I just like what it's what it's done for Anita. Bonnie, that sounds wonderful and I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that aspect of it, that it brings families together and they're actually physically going outside into a park instead of just yeah. glued to the screen. So that's an excellent point. And doing it as a family, some of the risks that I've pointed out are, you know, much, much less. Because you're not, mm-hmm. you don't have children just doing it by themselves, and you don't have distracted individuals falling off of, you know, things. So uh, I take your point, and that makes a lot of sense. I just want people to beware sort of, behind, of what can happen behind the scenes, just to have this in the back of their minds. I think it's just really important. Now, yeah, just- and
4: unless you know quite a bit about the operations of these, these kinds of things like lures, you're you're unaware and your kid may actually uh, that was very interesting about how it shuts your phone off and then you yeah. start up it, it again and it's still running in the background right That's incredible
3: thanks for your it's call good. bonnie oh if i can mention one other point that people should be aware of sometimes the sites selected that people are supposed to go to um there people have been complaining about gamer insensitivity um For example, in in, um, Poland, for example, the the Auschwitz concentration camp is one of the sites. And people are just horrified at, at all these people descending upon the site without any sensitivity to what has taken place there. And in other places, uh, individuals who live next to the site are just outraged that people are going onto their properties in order to get to the site. So we just have to have a little bit of, of sensitivity towards where these people are going.
1: Now, how is Pokemon Go, its application, how would it be different from, say, our GPS that we use in our car or Facebook when we post exactly where we are? Well,
3: and it's not. That, so that's the other, that's a very good point, is that your GPS locations when you're going to these places... Everything is going to be known. So you can't hide your, your location. The whole point is that they need to know where you are to point you to a different location. So they have access to your GPS. They can track your activities. And they can make that a- available to third parties that you haven't consented to. You have no control over who has access to this information. Isn't,
1: is, would the same not hold true for the GPS that I'm using to get from point A to point B in my car with my smartphone?
3: You can use it, to, you can activate GPS for your smartphone to get from point A to point B. But you can also do what I do, which is when I don't want it for you know, to get me from point A to point B, I can turn it off. Mm-hmm. I turn GPS off most of the time because I'm not looking for directions. Uh, you can't turn it off with this.
1: It's, it's running all the time. It's that running
3: you've... all the time because it, it needs to alert you where to go to go to one of these sites. So, so even if you're at rest
1: and right. you've paused the app, it's still, the GPS is still running. Right. Now this is going to cost
3: a fortune as well though in data, isn't it, for Absolutely. people who have smartphones? Absolutely. In fact, one of the cautions was that um, players who really get carried away with hunting for these Pokemons and hunting their eggs, uh, they wake up with uh, horrendous bills. Yeah. because they've, they've exhausted their data plan and they keep going and they've got these huge expenses.
1: Right, because Wi-Fi only lasts so far. Yes,
3: right? exactly. Yes. So it's these are like all the unintended consequences that people don't think about.
1: You're listening to Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. I'm Jane Brown for Libby Zneimer. We're speaking with Dr. Anne Kavukian, Ontario's former privacy commissioner and uh, her expertise and how it relates to this new Pokemon Go application. i you mentioned Facebook in passing there, but what are your thoughts about that? Many Zoomers use Facebook, and there is that part of Facebook in your status update where you can say exactly where you are. Is that is that a concern to be to be posting where you are?
3: You know, it's a personal decision. I just want people to make an informed decision. People love Facebook, and I totally get that. They can share information they want, et cetera, and find out who's doing what. But the thing is, do it. Consciously, make go, go into because you can restrict Facebook and who has access to your information. You can really restrict it to a few people or to family or friends or a different applications. So go in and set your privacy settings. People don't realize that Facebook actually has very good privacy settings, mm-hmm. but you have to actually go in and activate them.
1: Yes, I mean, in my instance, it's just my friends who see my activity. So if right. I say that I'm somewhere, I'm here at the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. The only, the only people in the world who would know that, who are on Facebook, are my actual Facebook friends. friends. Right. Right. right.
3: So there are abilities to restrict access and restrict your whereabouts. Um, Facebook has actually gone to great lengths to try to build that in.
1: Dr. Kavuki, and you know, we just have a little bit of time here left, and uh, we have all, you know, Bonnie made the point that we've all admired your work and watched... And, and listened to you and heard your and heeded your advice. What are you up to these days? Tell, tell the audience what's going on in your life.
3: Well, I love it. I, I'm at Ryerson University now. I have a new position. I'm the executive director of a new institute called the Privacy and Big Data Institute, and the reason I love it, it's all about privacy and big data. My whole privacy by design framework, which I developed some time ago, it's all about how you can have privacy and functionality. So you can have privacy and Facebook. You can have privacy and public safety. Don't make it an either-or proposition where you can only have one or the other. I want you to have both. I want you to have multiple functionalities at the same time, and that's what that's what I'm about. How do you embed privacy into big data analytics, into public safety measures, into social media? We can do it, and that's what I'm all about. And when will we see the effects of your hard work on this? Take a look at my website. Okay. It would Go to Ryerson University, Privacy and Big Data Institute. I've got a lot of information up there.
1: Wonderful. Nice (laughs) to talk to you today on this warm summer day. (laughs) My pleasure. Thank you very much. Dr. Ann Kavukian.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.